0: Hi it's Nick here from the Talk and Power Podcast. We are proud to announce Auto One as our brand partner for the podcast. Auto One, it's the one. You can now order online with Click and Collect or get your order shipped. Head to www.autoone.com.au. onecomau Like us at the podcast, Auto One has a passion for cars and all things automotive. They understand your love of cars too. With great prices and the biggest brands you know and trust, they are sure to be able to help you with your project, whether it be replacing your wiper blades, fitting out your four-wheel drive with the latest gear, or rebuilding your dad's old HQ Holden. Not sure on how to install those spotlights? Don't panic. Just head to the website and click on the do-it-yourself videos and Rico will talk you through the process. From Auto One in Albany, up to Auto One in Karratha, across to Auto One in Townsville, down to Auto One in Hobart, and over 50 stores in between. Auto One has a retail store nearby, with expert advice and the stock on hand. Auto One is committed to bringing you the brands you know and trust at great prices. Coupled with the team's knowledge and experience, Auto One, it's the one. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Podcasting across iTunes and talkinpower.com.au We just thought we'd catch up with Simon. He wasn't able to make it tonight, but we'd catch up with him over the phone and talk all things MotoGP. Simon, I know you were pretty excited about the whole race. Tell us, uh, tell us your thoughts.
1: First off, Nick, I just want to apologise for being there in person. Um, I've got more trannies on the go than the uh, Pride Festival at Sydney. (laughs) But uh, what a a way to kick off or restart the the season. What an incredible race. I don't know if you uh, got the chance to watch it, but, mate, it was unbelievable. And uh, you've got to say, uh, Mark Marquez, he he gave it his all, Mm. and he had almost... Almost had uh, the comeback of a century, very reminiscent of uh, 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 Valentino Rossi when he was in his form. Yep. So, basically, uh, for those of you that didn't catch the race, Vignali's uh, got the jump on the Yamaha. I'd say that they've really got their launch control sorted, and Vignali's been practicing his, his launching for a while there. He, mm. he uh, got a really great start, and Mark Marquez got a terrible start. Definitely not what we're used to seeing with him. Uh, he was at one stage there all the way back in fourth or fifth, but within the next few corners he, he had uh, muscled his way uh, into second, pretty much by the first corner. He just he broke that weight and, and didn't really leave anyone in your room. So they they kind of had to either crash or get out of his way and let him through. Mm. Um, he challenged Vignalis early on uh, and was out in front by lap five. Unfortunately... For him, turn four lap five, uh, he had a low side. Now, it was one of the most incredible... We've seen Mark Marquez in the past get back up from a low side. We've seen Rossi get back up from a low side. But this was something else. He used his elbow and his hip Mm. to get the bike from laying flat back onto its two wheels. By this stage, it was well and truly in the gravel trap. He managed to keep the momentum of the bike, keep the engine running and power his way through the gravel tank. And I believe he rejoined in around 15 16th spot. Yeah. Now, at that point in time, he was 25 seconds behind leader, mm. right? His tyres were covered in sand. Anyone that's, that's uh, uh, raced any sort of vehicle with slicks, whether it be a motorcycle, a car, drag car, whatever, uh, you'll know that when the tyres warm or at racing temperature, and uh, it comes anywhere near sand, it literally sticks like the proverbial to the blanket. Yeah, and this, you know, was a prime example of that he managed to ride that bike within three laps. Within three laps, he got those tyres clean. And he was lapping a second a lap faster than Vignali's. That that I mean, obviously, Vignali's had uh, taken a, a bit of a uh, backwood step. I would imagine. Mm. Conserving his tyres and trying to control a race from a lead, mm. um, but Marquez, a second a lap he was shaving off Vignali's lead. He's 25 seconds behind Vignali's at that point in time. Yeah. Now everyone in that field, Nick, every single person would have seen him come off because mm. he basically was laughed yeah. uh, when he rejoined. Not one of them would have expected what happened next. He powered his way, powered his way through the field, mm. shaving, like I said, a second a lap on the race leader. Uh, now, Vignali's was, was eventually relegated to second and at one stage even third. Quartararo mm. uh, took over the race lead um, and uh, by lap 22, okay, by lap 22, so so we're talking, he's done this in 17 laps. Yeah. Right? He was challenging Vinales for second spot. I have I mean, I've seen Rossi do it, but never this bad and never this full on. It was just one of the most amazing rides. Anyone that was at that track got their money's worth, that's for sure. But unfortunately, unfortunately for Marc Marquez, uh, at lap 22, turn four once again, he dropped the bike. But this time, it was a massive high side, uh, really like... You know, anyone that's gotten out of shape on a bike can tell you the high side, that's the one you don't want. Mm. That is definitely the one you want. He got bucked off that that, uh, bike like a bucking Bronco. Uh, Now, if you watch the footage, the bike comes at him, and one of the tyres, I'm not sure if it was the rear or the front, it's spinning quite fast, and it hits his wrist, um, and his wrist gets flipped like a rag doll, basically.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, now, at the time, I thought for sure that's going to be a broken wrist for sure. There's no no ifs or buts. Uh, but it, it turns out at this stage, uh, the press releases that I've read, he's got uh, fractured tumorous, which yep. which I'm sure he's not finding very tumorous at the moment. <laughs> so, so um, look, I, I the the thing is, as you may be aware, because of COVID nineteen. Um, MotoGP has been restricted to basically Spain yeah, um, and they're running the events basically every week. So mm-hmm. there's normally a two- to three-week gap between events yeah. uh, with a large gap in the middle. We're not going to see that this season. Mm-hmm. Now, he is off for surgery on Tuesday. yeah, And um, we, we're just going to have to wait and see how it goes. I doubt very much that he's going to be at the next round. Mm-hmm. I, I, I um, find that very... You know, hard to to believe that they'll be able to get him mended well enough to ride, and you know, like I said, looking at that footage, it looks like his wrist copped it. Now, now whether they're um they're keeping that secret, because you know, having your full motion of your right wrist, uh, considering that your accelerator, um, and your uh, front brake, arguably the two most important controls on a motorcycle. Mm. Um, You know, they may be just keeping this close to their chest because it looked pretty bad on the footage. It's hard to believe that there was no damage through this. Uh, But what this has done for the rest of the riders is it has blown the championship completely apart. And now everyone is in contention. There is not a single rider that is on that MotoGP track now because of the level that they're operating at, the incredible level that they're operating at, um, that isn't in any chance. Mm.
0: So, so what did you think of Fabio Quartararo's no, ride, then, to the front?
1: You know, he's, he's showing so much maturity now, Nick. Um, uh, he, he has always been really quick, incredibly quick in qualifying, making the Yamaha factory riders look bad. Mm. And, you know, I'm a huge Valentino Rossi. Uh, fan and no one wants to see a fan. but you got to give it to the guy. The guy, he's just what he can do with that bike is amazing. The difference that we saw in this race compared to others is that he paced himself. He stayed focused. He didn't. He just waited for the opportunity. He made the easy pass. He didn't go mm. like a bullet again. He didn't destroy his tyres. Now I'll tell you, I think that this is something that um, is going to have a dramatic. Uh, a dramatic effect to his chances in the championship because it's not just a matter of finishing first It's a matter of finishing first, mm. you know, if you can't get the bike to the finish line if you crash out It's all over. Yeah. Now. This is the first time that I've seen Mark Marquez uh, Right. I mean, you know people have said his his future uh, teammate for next season uh, Espargo ha- has said that you know anyone that thinks that he doesn't ride at 11 tenths is crazy. But he normally, you know, gets out in front, gives himself a good buffer, and then takes it easy. Mm. Okay, yeah. he, he and his bike are that much better than the rest of the field. And I hate saying it, but it's true. It's yeah. just the facts are there to prove it. Yeah. Right? In this instance, we saw a, a hole in his armour. We saw him get frustrated that he made. A mistake, but he didn't make that mistake. He went too hard, too early. That mm. was his mistake. He he was pushing a, a, a set of tyres which come good through the middle of the race. Remember, he was on hard, yeah. whereas Vignali's was on softs. Vignali's game plan was to get out in front, get a, a, a build a buffer, get an early lead, and then hopefully be able to stay out in front of Marquez uh, by the time that the, the race came to a close. Uh, Marquez went hard, got around Vignali's, didn't wait for his tyres to, to really come around and, you know, by the time we got to lap 22, he had pushed so hard that he destroyed his tyres and it was inevitable what was going to happen. Yeah. But yeah. it just shows you that that pride uh, is, is you know, can push him to the point where he does something irrational and that's what we saw. Yeah. Whereas we're starting to see security in him now. So, Mate, I'm telling you, this season, I know it's it's a weird one because of COVID-19, and we're going to miss out on seeing a lot of the great tracks, including mm. Philip Island, I believe. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, and I think it's still going to be by far the best motorsport event to watch, as it is every year, year mm. in, year out. Yep, yep.
0: And only an hour later, we oh, as that race finished, we saw Formula One race. That was probably the most boring we've seen for... Oh, it, was, it was a real mind-numbing experience. It feels
1: like it's a foregone conclusion now. It just feels like it's a foregone conclusion. You know that it's going to be a Mercedes. Uh, it just comes down to which one it's going to be. So... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really... It's sad that the sport has become... So, I mean, look, I don't want to take anything away from Lewis Hamilton mm. um, but or, or Bottas, but, um, you know, let's face it, there's a lot more going on on a MotoGP bike than yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> there no, is
0: definitely. in the cockpit
1: of a Formula One
0: car. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we saw a I'm couple of. I'm ro- fairly
1: sure.
0: Go on. No, sorry.
1: Sorry, Nick. What were you
0: saying? I was just going to say we saw Carl Crutchlow and also Alex Rins take a fairly big tumble. They weren't able to participate in the race at all in practice. So
1: no. So so I'm not a a full. uh, I'm not you know up to date with rims but Carl crutch suffered a fairly bad concussion and he won't be participating in the next race either
0: mm, yeah yeah it was uh, interesting i mean do you think a lot of it had to do with just dusting the cobwebs off or because it's been a considerable amount of time off the bike
1: uh, look it could be but i mean you know it's i mean you're traveling in excess of 300 kilometers an yeah. hour Yep. on two patches of rubber, which are um, not much bigger than a 50-cent piece. Yeah, You know, it's inevitable that accidents are going to happen. You know, it's kind of... I don't think you can really appreciate what that sport's about mm. um, unless you, you know, do a bit of research and, and find out a bit about it. Remember... In a Formula One car, uh, you're going to have pit stops. If you yeah. feel a tyre going off, you can pull in. And you can put a set of tyres on it. Um, you're going to have pit stops for fuel, etc. You have constant communication, sometimes illegal, between mm. the the, uh, the pit and, and the driver. Yeah. Um, you don't have any of that on a Moto GT bike. Basically, it is the epitome of the saying, just send it, because... Yeah. You know, they pick the tyres, tyre the pressures, whatever it is, the setup up on that bike, mm. um, and it's like that from the start of the race to the end of the race. Yeah. The only time you'll ever see them change is if, if you get sudden rain and actually come and get on a, a, a second bike, mm. which has got the wet weather tyres on it. But once again, the setups there. Mm. So, um, you know, you, you have to be wary of conserving your tyres. You have to be wary of... Um, how hard you're pushing it. And if you're going to ride at 11 tenths, and Marquez always rides at 11 tenths, mm. it's just that, you know, he, he can do it. He can do it better than the other guys. And over the years, we've seen certain riders that are better in the wet or that, you know, Jack Miller, for instance. I mean, that was five thousand 5,001 odds of him winning that race.
0: Yeah, right?
1: yeah. So, um, you know, it, it really, it shows the rider um, unfortunately, I think for a long time, there has been a lot of disparity between the bikes. In particular, I feel that the Yamaha has been down on power and top speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people talk about the, the, the power of the Ducati, um, but I think the Honda, I think the Honda's right there. Yeah, and I think the Honda's got, it's got the best of everything, um, as well as, arguably, the best rider. Mm. So, yeah. um, no, I think that, that, you know, we see guys go down, it's the severity of how they go down mm. that makes the difference between whether they're at the next race or, or whether they're, you know... Mate, how many times have we seen riders crash in the last qualifying session and then win the race? Yeah. You know, it does happen. Yeah. So uh, it's just the severity of the crash. Now, whether they're a bit rusty, I don't believe that. I mean, most of these guys have got their own private test tracks at mm. home. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like they can just jump on a bike and go and test wherever they want. Mm. Um, they have the the uh, funds and the um, uh, infrastructure to be able to do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's just the sport. It's just the sport. And you know what? Isn't it fantastic, Nick? Isn't it fantastic that um, with the amount of... And I know this sounds really bad, but, but you know, it is, it, it's something that makes MotoGP what it is the amount of people that have died in that sport mm. right we still have it and we yep. still have it without ridiculous safety things like the the, the double pluggers on the formula one cars and, and so on you know it, Anti-stall. it still is very pure mm-hmm. sorry yep. anti stall anti stall is, is that a new function they have now
0: They've had it for a while, and I'm a fact, big... Is that because everyone's got
1: their automatic driver's license? Yeah. And <laughs> doesn't to add a driver manual? We, I well, Todd, and I, point
0: Todd and I had this discussion on the last podcast, and I, I'm, I'm vehemently against anti-stall, and, you know, the argument is it was brought in for the safety of the sport. I said, well, that's what makes the sport exciting, is the fact that we can have a pile-up at the start of the race if someone stalls it. I can't believe we have... Anti stall. Anyway, that's 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 another story. I just wanted to finish off with, isn't it amazing? I didn't. I did a bit of research. The last time Mark Marquez missed a race was in two thousand and eleven, and that was in when he was on Moto two. So that this is this is quite incredible that he's been able to ride the last nine years, not ever missed a race from from injury or falling off the bike.
1: Nick. This is massive. This is massive. Even if Marquez does come back Mm. in not the next race, but the one after, as has been stated in his press releases, right? Even if that happens, how is that right arm going to be? How is that wrist going to be? How's his throttle control going to be? How's his braking going to be? This is massive. This opens up the whole championship. Mm. This changes everything, Nick. This yep. changes everything.
0: And no, I agree um, with you there. Yep. You know,
1: it. And and I don't think there's a lot of tracks that they're going to be running on in Spain mm. that have the massively long straights where where the Ducati and the Honda are really going to dominate. Yeah. I think the Yamaha is going to be in there with a chance. And I'll say something else the development work that Esparga has done, right, between the last race and now to that KTM, Mm. they came
2: fifth.
1: Yeah. Right? They are a fledgling team. They've only just begun the journey. Mm. They came fifth. That is incredible. That is incredible. And, you know, like, whoever gets to ride that bike next season, um, you know, I think they've got something good. If they pick a rider that's coming up through the ranks and has potential um, they you know I think they can do well I think Mm. that bike has got potential now it's a little bit down on speed but from what I saw it's it's almost as good as the Yamaha you know in some corners it might even be better than the Yamaha it might even be better yep yep
0: no, it's very interesting times ahead of us in MotoGP, and we are living in a little bit of a different world for this year. Maybe even next, who knows? We we don't know. It's a 13-round uh, series this year, and it's in a in the bubble of. I think they do go to some other tracks outside of Spain as well, but it's a we'll call it a European bubble and 13 races. So it it throws a number of challenges their way. But um, you know, out of adversity, we're going to see a champion. I'm just going to let, I'm going to ask you one more question before we finish up. Do you think the championship winner of this year, because there's only 13 races, will have an asterisk next to his name? Oh,
1: look, no doubt. And, you know, I don't want to make an early prediction because I don't want to jinx it. I mean, at the end of the day. Marquez is brilliant, right? Mm. But anyone that knows me knows that I'm barracking for every other rider on that track. Except yeah. Me. So, so no doubt, uh, if Marquez doesn't win this season, um, he'll be the first to point out, uh, you know, that uh, it, it, it wasn't the same and COVID nineteen and blah blah blah, mm. etc. cetera, et cetera. Um, It's going to be. It's going to be what it what it's going to be. No one can change that. Yep. Uh, the whole world is going through a, a very, uh, very strange time mm-hmm. and, you know, we're having to adapt. Um, yep. I, I don't know where it's going to end. I don't know. I, I don't have a crystal ball, I can't tell you. Um, what I do know is that even though all of this is going on, even though we're living in a very, very crazy time, the MotoGP GP delivered as always.
0: The Auto One customer loyalty program, the Auto One Club, has been designed to provide privileges to loyal customers. Head on over to www.auto1.com.au and click on the club membership tab or alternatively, Head into your local Auto One store and ask about the benefits that come with being a loyal Auto One Club member. While you're in the store, be sure to check out Auto One's extensive range of Impact Automotive garage tools, floor mats and coolant. The Impact Automotive range offers quality products at affordable prices. From a 3-ton heavy-duty trolley jack to an adjustable mechanic seat, the Impact Automotive range has a garage tool that'll suit your needs. The range has also well over 20 different types of floor and boot mats to suit your ride. They come in rubber or fabric with a PVC backing to stop slipping. Also in the range is an extensive choice of coolant. Whether it be pre-mixed or concentrate, the long life range of red and green impact automotive coolant is bound to have a product that suits your needs. To view the full range of Impact Automotive products, head on over to www.auto1.com.au or visit one of their stores. Auto One is committed to bringing you the brands you know and trust at great prices. Coupled with their team's knowledge and experience, Auto One, it's the one.
1: Now, I've got a couple of bombshells for you on that night. hmm So heading up to the Northern Territory, mm. um, You've got uh, two Outlaw, WA Outlaw Nitro funny cars, mm-hmm. and uh, two um, Nitro front engine dragsters. Yep. Um, and uh, possibly a third one that's already up there, that, that, that lives up there. Um, and you've got a bunch of door slammers heading up because the rumor has it that prize money is $10,000 for the win. Wow. Uh, I never heard of amount of money being put up for the door slammer guys uh, and lap money and tow money so um, it's uh, yeah I mean it's well and truly I, I've been thinking about taking the radials off and putting big tyres on there because you know that is that is some serious money and even if you don't make it uh, into the final mm. um, the lap money uh, you know it makes it worth worth going up there to race so um, I'm sure that there's going to be plenty of guys dusting off their door slammers. I, I believe that uh, Zap's definitely going. Um, uh, Gregorini, I mm. believe, is also going. Uh, uh, Kelvin Lyle, I, yep. I, 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 I think, is going. Um, not sure about the two Danini cars, but I can't see why they wouldn't be heading up as well. Yep. Um, obviously, Matt Abel, he lives there, so he'll be there. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many head up. But uh, I think it's going to be some pretty good racing uh, up in the uh, in the NT.
0: And who's fronting this money? Is it the Northern Territory government?
1: No, they had money allocated for the... Uh, so what the deal is, for those of you that don't know, mm. um, the Outlaw Nitro Funny Card deal, the way it works is you give uh, Graham Cowan a check yep. and he shows up with his cars. The local cars uh, that race wherever they may be, they have to negotiate a deal with the track. Oh, okay. So regardless of what happens, they're on a completely different deal to the regulars. Mm. It is a travelling show. Uh, yep. That's how Cowan's engineered. It is a fantastic show, don't get me wrong, mm. uh, but that's how it works. Yep. So uh, it is It is. You know, kind of like, I guess, Outlaw Nitro Funny Car... Racing is kind of like the WWF of drag racing, or the um, or the uh, 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 monster uh, Mo- monster what jam. They call it? Monster jam.
0: Yeah, monster jam. Monster
1: jam of drag racing. It's that mm-hmm. kind of deal. They they get paid for the show regardless of the outcome, and um, you know they, they they do put on a good show. They bring the wheel stander and and uh, you know the other cars as well. So. It is a great show. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. But that's mm. just how it works. So, as a result, the guys up there have got to spend. Yeah. And um, they've decided. Well, you know what? We want the best door slammers in Australia, regardless of whether they're Andra or IHRA or Thunder 400 or whatever. We want the best. Um, yeah. So yeah, they've put up some big prize money. And I tell you what, Nick uh flights are cheaper right now 225 dollars each way to get to, to darwin so wow you know for anyone that, that that's craving a bit of drag racing it has to be well worth the trip well yeah. worth the trip you're going to see some door slammer action like back in the old days
0: mm, yeah yeah and it's a nice part of the world too we we should mention darwin
1: and My, an awesome track Awesome
0: yeah track. yeah no Hey, Simon, look, we'll let you get back to transmission building. Obviously, got a lot going on there, so we'll let you get back to that. And, uh, look, thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks for catching up, and uh, hopefully we'll do, we'll do next week's uh, version in, in person.
1: Yeah, listen, Nick, I just want to uh, uh, give a shout-out to um, to uh, my mate uh, Brendan Bates. He suffered a uh, uh, stroke, and he, he's actually the carer for his... His father and his um, and his uh, niece. So um, just a bit of a shout out to yeah. Brendan. And uh, you know, if any any of his mates are listening, uh, just call in and see how he's going. Um, I saw him the other day; he wasn't looking too good. Um, any support that you can uh, you can uh, pass on to him, um, you know, be uh, much appreciated. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, you know, being a full-time carer is hard enough. Uh, mm. having uh, you know suffering a um, a medical condition like that. Um, so yeah, and and yes, we are we are extremely busy here. Not only with the, um, the transmission and converter work, but uh, Andy's car's back from paint. I don't know mm. if you caught the video of us. Um, we did it all legal, 100% legal. We swapped out the the uh, Hemi and uh, put a flathead uh, Briggs and Stratton in there and uh, towed it towed it up the the, uh, the street from the paint shop to the uh, uh, Back to Allfast, we had uh, a um, escort vehicle. Everyone was in high vis. It's all there, the video. It's all legit. Uh, all the paperwork was done. All the t's across. All the i's are dotted. Um, I thought when Andy said, uh, you know, we're going to do this video, I thought she was going to do something comedic. Um, you yeah, know, so I was, yeah, no worries. I'm always up for a laugh. But um, uh, the guy who did it did a fantastic job. But It it looks like a corporate presentation for some sort of motorised rotisserie. (laughs) uh, But check it out. I I, I think there's a link on the Therapy uh, Therapy on Wheels uh, Facebook page. Um, It it was... uh, it was pretty epic to actually drive the rotisserie up the road, <laughs> but um, uh, I think it's something we're going to be doing on a regular basis. We've got the Escort vehicles lined up on call, 24-7, so, so yeah, check it out if you get a chance, And um, but yeah, we're going to be busy with that. The VK um, is also getting there, uh, the Supra, we've got the axles finally, so the axles normally take us um a couple of weeks, four weeks max mm. to get. Uh these took uh nearly four months yeah, uh, right. as a result of COVID. Yeah. Um but yeah, we've got those so we can finish the dishousing on that. So, yeah, it's busy, busy, busy here. Um uh if there's any transmission builders out there uh looking for a for a chop or uh uh um be sure to give me a call.
0: Give you a buzz.
1: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I look forward to uh, being there in person once again. My apologies, Nick, but um,
0: I did nah, no get tra- this
1: work out. Uh,
0: it's all good, no problem, Simon. All right. All good.
1: Well, I'll, I'll uh, let you get back to it.
0: No worries, and, uh, Simon. Thanks for joining uh, us tonight.
1: Hello to everyone out there in uh, radio and webland.
0: <laughs> all right. Take care. We'll be back with more right after you this,
1: too, mate. All the best.
0: Okay, supercars, Todd. I'm not sure if you caught the um the recent race at Sydney Motorsport Park on the
1: weekend.
2: I watched some bits and pieces of it actually because yep. um I don't know. I've got a bit of a a love back for supercars, and that sounds really mean. And I know we are a motoring podcast, but sorry, Simon, but I'm enjoying it again a bit. I think it's. I hate to say it. I think the um that flu symptom thing going around, I'm to name it because, you know, um, a lot of the teams have had a few months off and it's actually thrown a spanner in the works. Yeah. And it's making a few teams that normally wouldn't place well or do well, doing really well. And your big tier teams are sort of going, oh, hang on a minute. Mm. But yeah, so I watched bits and pieces of it. So yeah, I yeah. think it's... And I, I'm actually looking forward to the rest of the season, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah. um, Is your love affair perhaps surrounding the tyre, the, tire, the new tyre rule? So they ran, you had to run two, you only had two softs that you could run over three races. And that, I'm not going to say they definitely did do it in years gone by. My memory isn't that great, but it seems to be reminiscent of the nineties where you're only allowed to use a good tire for one race. And we had a number of teams actually saying on the weekend that they were basing their tire choice, not on really race strategy. It was based on TV audience. So they were going to throw the good tires at the Saturday night race as yeah. opposed to the mid midday Sunday race. And then there was a Sunday afternoon race as well. And I think, Look, all all I can say is this, whether it's right or wrong, and it should be based around TV audience. I think in the year that we're having a COVID-19 year, I don't give a stuff what you do. Just do it. If that's what the strategy is, if that's what we want to, if you want to do it for TV audiences, go knock yourself out. I don't think we should be basing all of our decisions around just winning races. If you want to, if you want to win on the Saturday night, because that's where you feel the bigger TV audience is going to be hats off to you. So all I can say is we had three drivers vying for the top three in the closing stages of the Sunday's race. We had Jack LeBrock, Andre Heingardner and um, Todd Hazelwood. All of those three have never won a V8 supercar race. We had Davy Reynolds in there in third and then Todd Hazelwood, um, just the tires were a little bit better on Todd's car and managed to yeah. nab third place. And I think. That is absolutely awesome for the sport. When we have three guys yeah. that have never won before, and I don't think their podiums—I don't—I'm I, I, trying to remember if Andre's been on the podium before or if Todd's been on the po- podium. I, I really I, can't thing, remember. That's what
2: I was saying. I don't think they have been because to, no. me, I, The bits—I've said I watched it bits and pieces and the highlights, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera, and I'm like, this is awesome. Can we have more of this? Can we have more of not normal people winning? You know, mm. like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we had the Tickford, you know, we had Tickford, Kelly racing and Brad Jones yeah. racing. And we had, again, we've, we I was remiss of me not to mention Nick Perkett won again race two on the Sunday yeah. midday race as well. Like I said, when we have guys like that winning races, I don't care if it's, it's kind of the, the, the two tyre rule obviously brings that to the fore where you only got two softs to use over three races. You're going to have teams that just aren't competitive in a race. But you know what? I don't care. I think at the moment, and if you want to put the goods, the good tyres on to suit an audience, I have no issue with that. I have no yeah. issue at all.
2: I'll tell you what, Nick, I'm looking forward to next is I head off to uh, Southeast Queensland. Mm. Um, and I mean, the Truck Assist Sydney Super Sprint. It's kind of a bit of a mouthful, the name, but anyway. Kelly um, <laughs> Racing is, you know, taking refuge. At 222 two, two offshore in Oranou? Yeah, look, I'm not sure yeah. where that
0: is, but I know Todd has a big following in, in power boats as well.
2: Yeah.
0: So we're seeing all these poor Victorian teams have to move again. They only moved two yeah. weeks ago. Now they're all having to move again. Um, Team Sydney will be back at their former uh, Techno Motorsport in Yatla. Not yet, you know, I always used to say Yatala. And someone yeah. from Queensland said to me, it's
2: Yatla. That's yeah, it is Gatler. I know that.
0: <laughs> and Penrider heading to Norwell, the motorsport complex there. So Tickford Racing, Wilkinshaw, Andretti and Team 18 and Brad Jones are yet to be confirmed with their move, but they're going to have to get out of yeah. New South Wales uh, very soon. So we're looking like having also a double header at um, Darwin. And now yeah. there's even talks of a double header in Townsville as well. Um, yeah. The elephant in the room. Bathurst, I really don't know now. I don't know how that depends on how the health situation goes in New South Wales. But that's not to October. There's still a bit of time ahead of us there. I
2: think think it will run. My early money, and we can come back to this if we want to, they'll run it. Mm. But it may not be a traditional Bathurst, if that makes sense. It may be, look, get in early. We can only have so many people on the mountains. There'll be a lot of upset but I think they might seriously limit the amount of people that go up the mountain for the weekend. Yep. Um, and or heaven forbid, I think they'll still run at 1,000, but I don't think they will run as many support races. It might be, yeah. a instead of a four-day weekend, which normally is, it might be a, a two-day weekend sort of thing.
0: So Sadly, support categories are the biggest casualty in this. Yeah. They really are support categories are a huge casualty in all of this. And, um, you know, it's, it's a shame, but, um, you, we just got to muscle through it, unfortunately, but it's, yeah. um, there's no easy answer for the support categories and there's, I just can't see them, uh, being able to run it at the Bathurst One Thousand, I still think the Bathurst One Thousand will go ahead, but uh, yeah, as you pointed out, it will be without support in, in my view, anyway. So
2: yeah, I mean, the other bit to, of interest is um, where they're going to be based, like <laughs> because I mean, people—I mean, a lot of people realize this, but Bathurst is three hours out of Sydney, and trust me, it's not—it's not just down the road, you know what I mean, and it's not the best drive either. Like, it's, yeah, okay. Basically, three ways to get to Bathurst from Sydney, and they're all not the best best trip. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm interested to see where something will be based. You know, maybe they will just do the trip out of Sydney for the weekend. But then, isn't it after that they come over to WA's allegedly?
0: Yeah, three weeks. So there's Bathurst, yeah. and then there's a three-week gap, and then they're did to Perth. Yeah, and again, that's going to be tough for them because they're going to have to do at the very least a, a um a two week quarantine. I can't imagine that not being here in October, but there again, I'm speculating. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know how this is going to go still, nah. we're still early days. And it changes so, so quickly as well. But I am guessing that there will be a quarantine period required. Yeah. So it makes it tough. They've got to leave Bathurst practically the Sunday night, mm-hmm. hide their cars and get to get to Perth as soon as possible They've got to be really be here by Thursday of that week. Yeah. And then quarantine for two weeks. And then um then they'll be able to race on the from Thursday or Friday. The Friday yeah. race is gone. For Perth it'll be a Saturday and Sunday and it won't be nighttime anymore, it'll be day daytime. Yeah. So it's changing. Um our hope we get our fingers crossed that, you know, above all everything, we really need to hope that this this health crisis, um that we get on top of it as soon as possible and uh that we can we can move on with the rest of our lives i guess so that's the most important thing exactly (laughs) all right todd well look thanks for joining us again uh it was great to see you and um no doubt we will be chatting very soon and uh we'll be catching up and talking all things target in the coming coming weeks yeah that's right all right todd thanks for joining us take care
2: see ya see ya
0: talk and power your motorsport and motoring radio show podcasting across itunes and talkandpower.com.au